Hello and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. This week we had the draw for the playoffs. The round of 16 matchups are set and there are some really exciting ones to look forward to. Here to talk about some initial reactions to the playoff draw with me is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, how are you doing this week? Fantastic. We now know the road to the final four. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you think about it. And, uh, and then, uh, and then, yeah, a little bit today, I guess next week we'll go into a little more depth and, uh, but, uh, yeah, so it should be fun. Some, uh, some, some intriguing matchups for sure. Yeah. So the round of 16 tips off on Tuesday, March 3rd. They are best of three series. So next week, Dave and I will go through each of the matchups in a little bit more detail and give some predictions and some picks on the road to the final four. After the round of 16, we will have the quarterfinals, which start on March 24th. And then the final four is May 1st through the 3rd in a host city that will be determined uh, after we have the four final teams. Coming up later on the show, we have an interview with Martin Breunig, the great center from Telecom Baskets Bonn. He's having a really strong season with the German club in the BCL. He averaged about 11 points, 6 rebounds, shot 65% from the field, and helped Bonn get to the Basketball Champions League playoffs with an 8-6 and six record. Uh, Martin's a, a really interesting guy with it, with an interesting background, and so we talk about his background, uh, Bond's season, their recent coaching change, and a lot more. So stay tuned for that coming up here in a little bit. Also, make sure you go to the official website, championsleague.basketball, to stay up to date on everything as we get ready for the playoffs. Deacon Lloyd-Smith wrote an article recently about the candidates for Coach of the Year. Igor Jerkovic has a report card on all 32 teams from the BCL regular season. So go check that out and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BasketballCL. All right, let's jump in with the playoff draw for the round of 16. Just great team basketball from Zaragoza. Another check. Oh, and the big finish. Big time throwdown. On the left side of the bracket, we have number one Zaragoza from Group D. They're facing number four Lead Cabellus from Group A. The winner of that series will face either Tenerife or Ostend in the quarterfinals. So, uh, you know, if, if the favored seeds win that, we'll have an all Spanish quarterfinal between Zaragoza and Tenerife. Elsewhere in that side of the bracket, Nimburg versus Bandirma in a very high-powered matchup for the round of 16. The winner of that will face the winner of Ike versus Bonn. On the right side of the bracket, we have Turk Telecom, the winners of Group A, going up against Besiktas. The winner of that series will face Dijon or Nizni. And at the bottom right side of the bracket, we have Hapuel Jerusalem hosting Peristeri and Dinamo Sassari hosting San Pablo Burgos for our final round of 16 matchup. So Dave, just looking at the, uh, looking at the round of 16 matchups, 
What was kind of your initial reaction and do any matchups jump out to you as particularly exciting or interesting? Uh, well, I, I, I really was kind of um, disappointed to see Nimbrick playing Bendirma uh, just because those are two teams that I've loved watching all season uh, and really would love to see at least uh, see both of them actually in the quarterfinals. And now we're going to see one at least, I guess we can at least see one in the quarterfinals. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's to me, that's probably the most tantalizing matchup um, you uh, that's out there. The Sassari Burgos, I think, could could be fun. Um, and um, obviously, there's the all-Turkish one with uh, Turk Telecom and Besiktas. Um, so what were your thoughts when you first saw it? Yeah, I'm I'm going to go the other way on Nimburg Bandirma. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. It would be cool to see both of those teams advance to the quarterfinals because they've been so much fun to watch. But I'm incredibly excited for that match. Up, uh, particularly at the center position, Zach Hankins versus Emmanuel Terry. Uh, Dave and I did an awards pick podcast last week. We both had Hankins as our defensive player of the year, and we had him on first team all BCL. And then I think we both had Emmanuel Terry on the second team, and he's in, in contention for you know most entertaining, most exciting player in the league. So that center matchup is is going to be awesome. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited for Nimberg versus Bandirma. And then the other one you mentioned, Sassari versus Borgos, is a very high-powered matchup. Two great offenses. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Sassari have home court advantage. They have the best player in that series, I think, with, with Deshaun Pierre. So I think they probably have the advantage. But that one's going to be really exciting. Um, what do you what do you think about Dijon versus Nizni with the uh, the point guard battle there? David Holston going up against Brandon Brown. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's going to be up to to Brown to slow slow uh, slow down uh, Holston. Um, you know, which is something nobody's really been able to do. And you know, there's a lot of weapons on the on the Dijon team too. Uh, you know, home court advantage uh, to boot for for Dijon and. So it actually seems like they have a pretty good chance to to get through. Uh, still, this Nizni team is is a team that you know we didn't necessarily think that they would be able to 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 get into the to the six to the uh, to the round of sixteen to the playoffs. Uh, you know they they fought their way in at the end, and um, so yeah, I mean it's it's not going to be easy uh, for Dijon um, and. You know, a team like like Nizni, you know, Brown showed that if he can be hot, you know, he's a, a team that can can lead them uh, to to big things. Uh, so he's gonna prob- he's gonna have to have at least one big game in in Dijon. I and um, yeah, so that's probably you know from a point guard, that's probably one of the more interesting ones, just because uh, Dijon are so uh, point guard heavy. You know, also with uh, Axel Julian, so should be fun. Yeah, and so last season, Antwerp came into the round of 16 as a four seed. They beat number one, Murcia, and made it to the final four. Looking at the number four seeds in this year's bracket, do you think any of them have a chance of upsetting the number one seed? So the the fours, we have Lid Cabellas on the road at Zaragoza. We have Besiktas on the road at Turk Telecom. Peristeri going up against Hapoel Jerusalem, 
and Bandirma going up against Nimberg. Uh, which which one of those teams do you think has the best chance to pull off the upset? I would say probably Bandirma. Uh, yeah. But uh, of the others, uh, I you know I I go into some deeper numbers next week, um, and so. Uh, but but that you know Lee Cabellas is you know a, a team that they finished strong at the end and uh, winning three games in a row and Sakic has been great all season and and you know it's a it's a guy who who you know has, sh- has shown that he's been able to lead uh, his team into uh, into the the playoffs you know again this is another side that nobody thought would uh, really nobody thought uh, we we barely even knew we we barely even realized that they were still. Uh, um, uh, even in the running to, to make the playoffs, uh, can they, can they go and grab a win at Saragossa? You know, it's, uh, it's a tough place to play, but, um, yeah, it's going to be, but definitely, uh, it's from the fourth, from the fourth seeds. Uh, I think you probably agree, but Dermot's probably got the, the best chance just because I think they're probably the best team of the four, uh, even though they're playing a, a very good Ben, uh, Nimbrook team, no? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I I agree for sure. I think um, you know, Nimbrook is a fantastic team, best defense in the league throughout the season. They have a bunch of good scorers as well. But uh yeah, I think Bandirma are just the best team of the four seeds and the only reason they are a four seed is because they were playing in group B, which ended up being the deepest and probably best group overall. So yeah, I, I would say Bandirma have the best chance and yeah, I think maybe maybe Lead Cabela's second best, uh just because Sakic might be the best player in that series. Uh Zaragoza have been up and down in the BCL. So yeah, maybe maybe Lead Cabela's could pull off a miracle there. Uh, but yeah, like I said at the at the top of the show, we'll get into all of these matchups in more detail next week. We'll make some predictions for all eight of the round of 16 matchups. So stay tuned for that next week. Dave, any final thoughts on the round of 16 before we go to the Bruinig interview? Uh, you know, I'm actually looking forward to seeing who your, who your picks are. Um, and, uh, actually looking forward to, I already started doing some, some, uh, statistical breakdowns, uh, but, uh, I think, uh, give us another week to, to really go into the numbers and, and, and think about, you know, how the teams are playing, you know, both domestic, both, both, you know, of late in the BCL and, uh, and also, um, in their domestic leagues. And that we can offer you guys some, some really really good uh analysis and 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 give some some really good informed uh evaluations and and some good picks as far as uh and and reasons why we make this pick yeah with the round of 16 still two weeks away a lot can change uh unfortunately injuries happen sometimes uh there's always some player signings that that might have an impact on the on the round of 16 so we're going to give it another week and then we'll jump into all of these matchups and make some picks all right so that's going to do it for the initial reactions to the round of 16 draw let's go to our interview now with martin Broinig from telecom baskets bond dave and i will catch you on the other side of the interview to wrap things up Dunk all over Slavic. Wow. Runic now in double figures. 
All right, so on the show this week, we have Martin Breunig from Telecom Baskets Bonn. Martin, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, first of all, happy belated birthday. Uh, you had a birthday uh, this week. Uh, have a chance to celebrate it all? Uh, yes, I had a beautiful dinner with uh, my wife and uh, close friends. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Other than that, I had practice. She had to work and there was much celebration. Yeah, as a, as any normal work day, basically. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, also, uh, congratulations on reaching the BCL playoffs. Maybe, uh, maybe just your thoughts about how how your guys' regular season uh, went. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, first of all, and uh, yeah, I mean, we had a couple up and, up and downs, um, but at the end of the day, uh, we did a pretty good job. At the end, we played Pauk, lost the last game on the road, uh, which was bad for us because we could have had a home court advantage but um, I guess we're still happy that we have the chance to make make it to the players and uh, this is the first time this club experienced it. Yeah Martin and Zaragoza won your group and Dijon finished second and you guys were 4-0 against both of those teams does that give you any mm-hmm. extra confidence going into the round of 16, knowing that you know when you're at your best, you can take out the top teams in the competition? Definitely. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I, it, the record doesn't show how much confidence we actually have. Um, I just think that we had some issues with little details, but other than that, I think we played pretty ba- good basketball most of the time. Yeah, and you guys were eight and six in the BCL regular season, but only three and fifteen in Germany right now. Uh, why mm-hmm. do you, why do you think that success hasn't translated to the domestic league? Uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, uh, we just recently got a new coach, and uh, uh, I think he wanted a little change of like the pace and uh, like basically a complete change for the whole team. Um, but other than that, we, we had nights where we had bad shooting nights. We had nights where we just turned the ball over 22 times, and it's just too much in the BBL, for example. And that that's an issue. You know, we, we couldn't get games together where we played great as a team and as an individual. And uh, uh, that that's, that's basically our record at 3-15. Yeah, and you mentioned the coaching change with Will Voigt coming in. Uh, what are your first impressions of him as your new coach? Uh, I like him. He's he's uh, he seems like a really good guy. Um, he's he's friendly towards everybody. There's no question about it. But he's also direct. Like he tells you, listen, if you do this and this, you're gonna have a good chance of playing for me. And if you don't, he's just he's just being honest, you know. And uh, I think that's uh, what a lot of players appreciate because it's something you. You want to know when the new head coach comes in, what do I, what does he expect from me? What do I need to do to get playing time and, uh, or stay in the position I am and all that stuff. Um, I think uh, in the, in the wee brief week he had, he turned around a lot of things. Um, we had a really close game against Ludwigsburg, who is second in our league right now. Um, we had a chance of winning this game, but at the end there wasn't enough with just 19% from the three-point line. And and this is actually a second straight season where you guys went through a coaching change uh, midway through the season. 
um, uh, Predeg Krinic was, was fired and Chris O'Shea, uh, took over mm-hmm. and, um, you know, what, how, maybe how does this one feel different, uh, this time around, uh, you know, cause O'Shea was actually Krinic's assistant, whereas now this time you actually have somebody from the outside coming in. Right. Uh, well, it's, let's say it this way. Um, if there, if there's a coach's change, you, you look at the players and, some people feel sad. Some people are worried and all that stuff. But with with Will Voigt coming to our team as an addition, uh, being the new head coach, it was completely different. It was everybody was motivated to go. Everybody was ready to go. Every, when you look at our practices now, we go way more intense. We are more focused. You know, we we louder in communication as a team. So it, there's there's a huge difference right now, and uh, I think it will dis- develop into a positive way. Uh, let, let's talk about your background a little bit. Your your full name is Martin Fong Ni Wat Breunig. Uh, your mother's yes. Thai, your father's German. Um, you're from Leverkusen. Maybe just talk a little bit about uh, about how your how how your parents met. Uh, honestly, uh, I'm not quite sure how my parents really met. Um, I honestly never really asked them because my parents are divorced since I'm five years old. Um, but basically I lived with my mother like 90% of the time, uh, moved out really early with like 18, just moved to the States, played some college basketball came back to Germany and it just didn't feel like home being in Germany. And, uh, uh, that's basically a quick way to tell my story. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, you grew up though in Germany, <laughs> um, maybe with your, with your time other, maybe how much Thai influence did you have in your life? How much, how much, excuse me, how much Thai influence did you have in your life? Oh, <laughs> uh, nothing really. Um, I mean, I, I would, thinking back now, my mother told me I was pretty lazy learning the language, so she basically gave up on me. <laughs> um, you know, I, I questioned everything. I was like, this is water. Why is it called water? You know, stuff like this. And uh, she got really sick and tired of me asking all the time. So she she said, you know what, just speak German. And uh, and then basically, thinking back now, two years ago in the summer, I was, uh, I was in Thailand on vacation. And I was really upset that I didn't speak a complete sentence. I was really upset about that. And have you gone back and learned anything? Or is it just, it's probably pretty hard, no? It is pretty hard. Like once you have a certain mindset about a language, that I think that it is more important to grow up with a language because then you don't have you don't think about the grammar. You don't think about how you would say this and this. You wouldn't think about certain sentence structure. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I would have learned the language for sure. Um, did I try it? Not as much as I should have. Yes, but uh, I, at this point, I just let it go. Yeah, and I, I saw in an interview, I think your uncle is a monk. Uh, how, how do you think you would do with the monk lifestyle? Uh, uh, honestly, I have, I mean, I remember this specific thing. I was in, uh, I was in Thailand in the summer and we, what we do is like, as the monk, they go on through the neighborhood and the people like giving them a charity food. And it, this is an amazing thing. I mean, I've, 
I've had this where I walked with my uncle through the neighborhood and we collected food and everything. And then basically ate it, you know, we prayed a little bit and all stuff. But other than that, I'm not quite sure what they all have to do, like what they yeah. have to give up. It, it's not, I don't think it's like the same as in Catholic uh, priest, uh, priest, you know, and uh, it, it's kind of tough. I mean, I've never really looked into it, to be honest. Gotcha. So yeah, in, in terms of basketball, I uh, also saw that you played soccer as a kid and you were a striker and then you moved to goalie because you said you didn't want to run anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at, at, at what point did you switch from soccer to basketball? Uh, it was, I play, uh, I was, I think 12 years old. Um, I played, I played soccer and then at some point I was, honestly, I was a trouble kid. I did a lot of trouble in school, uh, off off the soccer field and off the basketball court. I had a lot of a lot of problems, and uh, I saw my brother uh, was playing basketball on the sidelines on the hoops. So at some point, I just picked it up and, like naturally, for some reason, I had I had good things going on. I made baskets where I thought like, oh wow, this is this is something I could do, and um, just playing from basketball for two years, I've accomplished a lot. So the difference between soccer and basketball, I just, I had the feeling that I accomplished much more and went further in two years than I ever did in basketball in six, uh, in soccer in six. So at this point, I decided like to stick with basketball just because. And then actually just really just a couple of years after that, you were playing for Germany at the under 16 European Championship Division B in 2008, 2008. Uh, you yeah. guys, you guys won the title and, uh, went back up to the division a, and that was actually the last time Germany's ever played at division B at U 16. Uh, maybe what do you remember most from that tournament and, and how does it feel to hear that, you know, that was the last time that Germany's ever played in division B and you, you, you played a, a role in it. Yeah, it was great. Um, I mean, we definitely, as a, as a German team, we really had a chip on our shoulder to get back into Division A. There's no question about that. And, um, I mean, it's 2008 that you say that now. That's a long time ago. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to remember of it except uh, the area of Bosnia. I learned a little bit about the history there. Um, but I didn't play as much. I was basically a role player. Maybe it was a little lucky that other people got injured and they moved me up. But, um, yeah, I had a couple of good minutes, but that's about it. I didn't play a lot. Um, for your last year of high school, you moved then to the States uh, and, mm -hmm. and you actually attended a military prep school in Wisconsin. Uh, maybe exactly. what, led, what led to that uh, decision and, and what was that, that whole experience like? Well, after uh, I played the under-18 national team, uh, which I remember much more um, because Dario Saric was in it um, <laughs> and killed us. Yeah, he killed he, kill, us. he killed everybody um, under-18, so. He, he did kill everybody. And he was two years younger than everyone else. Uh, but, yeah, I, I played the under-18 national team. And um, I came – I remember I was sitting in this hotel. I was still sitting in the hotel in Lithuania. And uh, I got a message on my phone on Facebook and it said like, Hey, listen, I'm a coach from a prep school from the United States. 
and all that stuff. He explained the whole situation. I, I said, I said to myself, wow, this is another moment where I think like, wow, this is another step forward in my basketball career, which I didn't see at all in soccer. So at this point, I reached out to this guy. I met him in Germany. Uh, he came to visit me. Uh, yeah, he came, he came over and visited me and uh, basically talked about this whole prep school system and everything and uh, gave me a full scholarship ride uh, to it. And uh, yeah, I mean, because of that prep school, I had a really nice opportunity of choosing of like 15 different colleges. Yeah, so then you, you went to the University of Washington. Um, and after two seasons, you didn't really play that much. And you transferred to the University of Montana, which is actually where I went to college, which is pretty crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah. What year? Uh, uh, I graduated in 2014. So I, I think I, I left oh, like, was... right before you started playing. Yeah, I think you were there that year, but yeah. you didn't play. Yeah, I was redshirted yeah. that year. Yeah, so, so what appealed to you about Montana? Like, why, why did you tra- decide to transfer there? Uh, first of all, it was, uh, Kerry Rupp. He was the assistant coach at that time. Um, I had a really good friend of mine. He was really good with Kerry Rupp. And, uh, he said like, listen, if you want to get to the next level and want to make a big improvement in your game, go to this guy. He's going to help you a lot. And then obviously Montana has a winning record. Like they're winning pretty much almost every year, the conference, the conference tournament. It's, it's really unlikely to do not win it. And um, so that's one of the reasons. Uh, I just felt like I needed to win, you know, which, which didn't happen in Washington. And uh, it, was, it was great. I had a good individual coach and an assistant. I had a winning team in the mid-major. So it was an easy, it was an easy decision for me. Yeah, and, and what did you think about living in that part of the U.S.? Like, like first in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest and then going to Missoula, where if people if people don't know about it, it's very cold, a lot of snow. Uh, what, what did you think about that experience? So it's definitely an adjustment. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I was I was never the guy that was uh, you know partying a lot of stuff, but that's basically what most of the people did there, and uh, <laughs> I I, I kind of adjusted a little bit. You know, it was more nature friendly and all that stuff, and. Uh, I, I'm glad I got to see all of it, to be honest. Uh, thinking back now, I wish I would have seen more of Montana because now, like my wife, for example, she said, I always wanted to visit it because of the Rocky Mountains, because of the forest, because of everything what's in Montana, just beautiful nature. Yeah, you got to go to uh, Glacier National Park if, if you go back. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I don't have any Montana experience to uh, call upon, uh, so I'm gonna let you guys uh, uh, <laughs> let you guys talk about that. Um, actually, after you know, you guys you were named uh, All Big Sky twice, um, and then and then actually made it back to uh, your native Germany. Then when you started your career with Ludwigsburg, um, you know you you were talked about how you were um you know whatever trouble troubled kid or whatever uh when you left uh, how did it feel to get back to to germany full time after being away for you know whatever it was five or six years six years uh yeah uh like like i said uh i didn't feel home uh i came i came here i was pretty much i just felt like the like the very first moment i came to the u.s 
uh, just came to another country. You know, even though my dad picked me up from the airport, but he left even that night. He dropped me off and then uh, he left and just went back home. And it, it just it just didn't feel right at first. Uh, it took a very long time. Uh, my family came to visit me. Uh, I had to get used to certain things again, like for example, grocery stores are not twenty four seven. Things like that, you know, little things where I just thought, like, geez, man, I've been gone for so long, I don't remember any of those things. And then, and then after your rookie year, uh, you moved from Ludwigsburg to to Bonn. Uh, this is now your third year with them. You signed a two year deal with them. Uh, what what kind of has kept you uh, in Bonn? Uh, well, in my first year in Ludwigsburg, I didn't play as much. Uh, my second year. Then as a pro in Bonn, my first year, uh, I had a limited role. You know, I, I was backup center for uh, Julian Gamble. He, he played really well that season, and uh, and basically, I uh, I didn't think I had much opportunities to go somewhere else or do something differently. So um, I decided really quick right after the season that I'm probably gonna stay with with Bonn, especially. Kroonich was the coach at the time. I really liked him. He's he's a really likable guy. Um, and uh, basically signed for another two years with one man. Nice. And I, so you mentioned your wife earlier. I saw on, on Instagram that you recently got married. Um, and it looks like you proposed to her in Paris in a park. Uh, what, what was the story behind that? <laughs> um, the story is the very first time we came together, um, I asked her, I asked her out to go to Paris with me. Um, I, there's this choir 54 tournament, um, which is like one of the biggest streetball tournaments uh, in the world. Um, they call themselves a world champion uh, streetball tournament, and um, it's it used to be in a really nice location. So my, the first two years, they because of some issues with uh, terrorism, they they moved it to a park. But um, basically, I asked my wife, hey, do you want to go? Because I'm a play. And then after that, we only play once or twice a day. And then we can go to see the city. And I was luckily, I was fortunate that she loves Paris. She just loves Paris. And she always goes off. And she's like, oh, I want to go to Paris and all that stuff. Um, and I did this. I played with the German team basically three years. And my third year, it was the court was right next to the uh, Eiffel Tower again. And the story was at this time, we've been together for two, three years. I decided, like, I want to spend the rest of my life with her. So her parents came, uh, surprised her at the Eiffel Tower, and then I asked her. That's awesome. Good job. Good job. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And so we, uh, we like to ask some of the BCL fans on Instagram for some questions uh, for the interviews. Mm-hmm. So this one is from Goliak Yosip. Uh, he asks, uh, what advice do you have for young guys trying to become a pro? Uh, it's funny that you that, that he asked that because uh, I got that asked yesterday by one of our rookies. And uh, I said, like, he sometimes you get not motivated at all to be in a gym. There's at some point where you say, like, I, I don't want to be here. There's times where uh, you will shine in practice and not get you opportunities in games. But I've learned in college, we had a saying that says, what is luck? Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. 
Das heißt, that means, when I'm well prepared and I get the opportunity at some point, I'm well prepared, then I will show what I can do. And that's basically what I did last season in Bonn. I got my opportunity as a starting big. I was prepared for it. And I, I did the most I can. And I, I, I studied the game a lot. I watched a lot of films. I watched a lot of movement by myself, what I can do better on the court. And just sticking with it. You know, you don't, players don't, players think they have to do everything. Players, some players are like seven footers and think they have to shoot threes. That's not true. I'm the, probably the smallest center uh, in the league. And uh, I get it done somehow. That's just believing in yourself and be prepared when, it, when the time comes. Next question is from Karim.blhm. And he wants to know what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, we have, a, I think in English it's the Greyhound. It's, um, you know, the dog from The Simpsons that runs really fast. We have one of those, uh, that's, that's a mix. She's a mix. Um, she, she, they get tired really fast. They run a couple of times and they're really, they're tired and she sleeps all day. And then, uh, from my wife's parents, we have them sometimes over. It's a chocolate Labrador. Nice. Um, Ike fans original 21 was, uh, wondering, what do you think about Ike? Of course, uh, Ike Athens is your round of 16, uh, opponent. Uh, so, uh, what do you, what do you have to say to the Ike fans about what do you think of their team? Uh, honestly, I love their tradition. Um, I've, I've played, I, I honestly didn't play in Ike. I was practicing there. I was supposed to play with Ludwigsburg and Ike, but I really got sick that game day. Um, but, uh, I, I love that tradition. They're always one of the top teams. It's going to be a really tough game. I mean, we have to be focused and ready to go. Otherwise we're going to look really bad against them. And, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a, it's a great challenge. Without giving away too many secrets, what do you, what do you think might be some of the, the keys to, to this matchup? Uh, obviously, uh, you know they they have a, a great home court where you're going to probably have to, to to grab a game there to advance. Yeah, uh, it's true. Like like you said, I can't give up too much, but also we haven't started any preparation on it to be honest. So uh, right now we're focusing on the game on Saturday, which is our famous carnival game. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, I I, I haven't watched them all this year because they're not in our group. Uh, if they would have been in our group, I would have probably watched them more, but I really can't say anything about Athens. Usually, they have really athletic players, very talented individuals, and that makes them really hard to defend. They do have a new point guard uh, for the past couple of weeks. That's Nico Cesis, who you probably pretty know, pr- okay. probably know pretty from well from, from his Bamberg days. Um, yeah. Obviously, one of the most experienced uh, guards with loads of winning tradition. Um, what do you think about uh, having to go up against a guy, especially knowing that he might be in the pick and roll uh, against you? So, what do you think about Nikos? He's a he's a crafty player. Gotta be honest. <laughs> Sometimes uh, when I played him all the time, I got really upset at him because he keeps flopping at me on the box up. But uh, I mean, it's just part of the game. It's a veteran move. Um, but he's he's great. I mean, he had. He he can do pretty much everything. You know, he's not the fastest guy, but he's very intelligent. And that makes, uh, that will be a great challenge for me to stop that IQ, high IQ plays from him and make him get out of rhythm a little bit.
maybe let's let's finish with uh, uh, goals for the season. Obviously, you're in the playoffs now in the in the uh, BCL. Um, you do have a new coach. There's there's really only about five or well, I guess maybe six games from being in the spot uh, for a playoffs in the German league. But there's plenty of teams that you guys would have to jump ahead of. Uh, but let's just talk about maybe goals uh, for both competitions the rest of the season. Uh, let's start with the BBL. Obviously, we're trying to get away from the bottom. Um, there, there's no question about it. Uh, if we will reach the playoffs, we will see how much luck we have at the end with other teams not winning and uh, and we are who we are beating. Uh, there's no question about that, but we definitely want to get in the, let's say, top 12 for sure. Uh, Basketball Champions League, it's an open competition. It's the playoffs. Now every game counts. Uh, especially the road games against Athens, since we don't have the home court advantage. Uh, I mean, we want to go as far as possible. And um, I think the team is ready to go, especially with the new head coach. All right. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Martin Bruyne, thanks again for, for coming on the show, giving us some time. And uh, good luck over the next uh, couple of weeks and uh, good luck over the playoffs as well. All right. Thank you very much. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks again to Martin for joining us on this week's show. Dave, a lot of interesting stuff in there. Uh, probably the only Thai German professional basketball player who I've talked to. Uh, what, what did you think about uh, what Martin had to say there? Yeah, we were after the interview and uh, we were kind of talking that, you know, the the about how the, the team the team is really sort of you know, rallied around it, been really motivated and ready to go. You know, that's, that was, that was pretty interesting to, to hear. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the fact that it's an outsider, um, kind of, you know, might be, might be a good thing. Uh, also, it's also an outsider entirely to the league. You know, he's, he's never, uh, he's never done, had a job in the, in the BBL, in the German BBL. So, uh, that'll be, that'll be a, uh, that should be an interesting uh, uh, development for them. You know, this is a team that we've been talking all season about really, you know, being a good one. You know, Jeff Jeff Taylor, uh, the the play by play or the, the 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 TV commentator. You know, even said, you know, this is a Final Four team, um, and uh, and um, a possible team that could reach the Final Four. I guess is better than saying that Jeff said that he's going they're they're going to reach the the Final Four. Uh, but it's just a team that has lost uh, so many games domestically, and that's what kind of cost Thomas Pesce his job. Um, so you know, Breining has has been really one of the the best bigs uh, both in the BBL and here in the in the BCL. So uh, you know, it's a team that definitely have have weapons. Yeah, I, I think Breining has flown under the radar a little bit in the BCL. Uh, he's he's had a really good season and. Yeah, they've, they've got quite a bit of talent on that roster. I would be surprised if they beat Ike in the round of 16, but it's definitely possible. Um, you know, with, like I said in the interview, they've beaten Zaragoza twice. They beat Dijon twice. So they're capable of knocking out these really good teams. Uh, they, they just, you know, they struggled against the, the worst teams in that group. And that, that's why they dropped to eight and six and third place in the group. 
I also thought it was a uh, you know interesting good. I thought his advice for young players was really good, uh, and yeah, just just an interesting background. You know, to to go from playing at the U16s and the U18s with Germany, and then deciding to go to a military prep school in the U.S. instead of joining a uh, a German you know program like like a lot of kids do and and staying in the country and playing basketball it, you know it's a a bit of a risk to to go over to the states and uh yeah I'm glad it glad it's worked out for him uh he was a he was a monster at the University of Montana helped my alma mater win a lot of games so you know very grateful that that he ended up going there and yeah cool to cool to see him doing his thing now with Bond in the BCL, he's got a very tough matchup against Ike and their big guys, Drake Grant, Marcus Slaughter. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch to to see how Bruinig can handle that. All right, Dave. So that's pretty much it for this week's podcast. Uh, any any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, just uh, uh, another week down before we get to the uh, you know to the postseason or the. The, the playoffs are here and I uh, really can't wait for them to 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 be to be truly here uh, where we have the games to to watch yeah absolutely the round of 16 starts Tuesday March 3rd and Wednesday March 4th remember this season they are best of three series so that's a, a change up from the past years when they were two game uh you know home and away legs. Uh, so this is going to be exciting to watch to get a best of three series in the round of 16. That starts in a couple of weeks. Subscribe to livebasketball.tv to watch all of those games when they happen. Dave and I will have another podcast for you next week where we'll go into the round of 16 and talk about all of these different matchups and make some picks. So make sure you check that out next week. Go to the official website, championsleague.basketball, for all of the news and analysis that you need leading up to the playoffs. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BasketballCL, and go to the Champions League YouTube page to watch all of the highlights from an awesome regular season that just ended in the in the 2019-2020 Basketball Champions League. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks again to Martin Breunig from Telecom Baskets Bond for joining us on the show. For Dave Hine over in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. <laughs> <laughs>